give it a go. Oh, I got lucky. Good things happen to good people, boys. Good things happen to good people. This is the Drop Podcast, where we talk golfing in the Garden State. I'm Mike Poro, and this is Ryan Kulat. And this episode is presented by the Law Office of Mallon and Tranger. What's up, everyone? Uh, we've had another great week. Uh, appreciate everyone reaching out and, and following. Keep, keep throwing up those likes. Uh, keep following, subscribing, all that. If you haven't yet, please go ahead and do so. Uh, you can listen to Raid on Spotify at The Drop Podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube page and check out all the content we're putting out there. That's The Drop Golf Podcast on YouTube. Uh, and it's the same on Instagram and Twitter. The Drop underscore pod uh, for both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, like, subscribe, follow, and listen along. Yeah, I mean, the response, I, I can't echo that enough. I mean, we're not even a month into this thing, and we have almost, I mean, nearly 100 subscribers on YouTube, which is tremendous. We have over 250 followers on Instagram alone. You know, the feedback that everybody's been sharing and, and touching base with is, is just truly remarkable, and and, I, and I'm appreciative of that, and, and I hope to continue to give everybody the product that they're looking for, and you know, we'll continue to improve as we go. So I, I thank you as well. So we had, uh, for those that are following you, you already know, we had a really good uh, weekend. Um, we usually try to record on Sunday um, and put the pod out for Wednesday. Uh, but Monday was Halloween, and uh, Mike had to go trick-or-treating with his girls. Um, I had to uh, not go trick-or-treating with my kids. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I had, to, I had, you know, my own things to do. Um, but we, uh, we recorded on Sunday, but we tried something different. Um, the, the mics that we got are mobile, so we went onto the golf course um, and we played golf with um, Orson Rojas and his, uh, his buddy Matt. Orson is on a journey to play every public golf course in New Jersey. Uh, he had three left. One of them was Ocean Acres, and uh, he was going to play that on Sunday, so we said we were going to tag along. Uh, so we went down, scooted down the parkway to Ocean Acres down in uh, Manahawken and played with Orson and Matt, and, and they're two great dudes. Uh, Orson was telling us a little bit about his story, um, and Mike and I tried to record the podcast on the course. Um, I'd say a little bit successful, but not terribly successful. We were able to to take some audio. To, to be quite honest, the the new mics that we got um, were were almost too good. Like they were in trying to edit it, this this thing, they were picking up the golf cart. Um, but like you're able to hear uh, hit a golf ball and stuff like that. So. Um, a bunch of it was not usable, but we're going to kind of splice some of the some of the hits in there uh, as best we can, and and um, I think we're going to try to play a hole for you, um, kind of cut it to where it's it's really just Mike and I, because Orson and Matt were not on, not mic'd up, but um, 
try to get you a little bit of what it was like out there on the on the course for us. But um, really cool to to um, to play with them and, and be involved in Orson's journey. Uh, Mike, he said it's taken him five years, if I'm not mistaken. To, yeah, to I, I want to. I actually think it might have been longer. I think he started in 2015. If I if I um, am correct, I think the journey started in 2015, which puts him on a seven-year trajectory. And like he said to us out there, is he's trying to get it finished this year. You know, he's made it a pact to himself that he's going to find a way to to lock this thing down. Um, and, and just for the people that don't know, he's on Twitter. He's got a pretty solid following of over 2,000 people. It's at Orson Rosas. Um, and, and he journeys his little thing. He's got a nice little blog that he blogs about as well. And and he doesn't like to rate anything specifically, but he does list um, some of the top ones that he recommends. Um, he said it's too hard to actually put them one through something because there is a 176. He said he, you know, he credited us indirectly for making him re-audit his list and found an additional one because we thought it was his 174th of 175 was Ocean Acres, but then he found out that there was another one that just recently, another one that just recently went from private to public, so that allowed him to go play that one as well. So he has two left, and and his journey's been unreal. Um, being able to pick a brain like his, who's clearly accomplished something that you know we talked about way back when in episode one for us. Um, and his journey's been crazy. He tells us he takes over, you know, two-plus-hour rides just to play certain spots. Um, so he's definitely a great follow on, on Instagram. He's a great follow on Twitter. So um, awesome dude, great friend and his buddy and Matt. So, you know, it was a privilege and an honor just to be a part of his journey at some part of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know we feel like we kind of jumped on at the end here, but um, I, I thought he, I thought he had said, because uh, I had asked, because we were talking about like our timeline with, again, remember back to episode one or two, you were talking about like, okay, there's 200 golf courses, 52 weeks a year. If you play two a year, two a week, it should take you about two years. You know, you know, it's not going to be that. So it should be three years. But I think the people he got the idea from, I thought he said were 2015 and then he started it in 17. But, but regardless, um, that uh, that's such a cool thing that he's been able to accomplish, and um, as as Mike said, he's a great follow on uh, Instagram. He's been blogging his journey the whole way. Uh, some of the blogs he even said some of them are just like this is a golf course and and move on, but some of them has he's got some really cool stories and definitely worth uh, you know if you're super interested in it, definitely worth. Um, checking him out and and again not not a better person he, he was a really down-to-earth cool guy and and uh certainly like you said privileged to be able to to jump on board for the last couple of these here yeah no doubt about that no doubt <clears throat> uh, but I, I think i think and i think this is a great topic of conversation that we can bring to the audience because you know i'm not going to say we had a heated conversation but we agreed to disagree while we're out there the four of us um, so we tossed this idea out, like, have you ever made a hole in one? And we were going back and forth as to what defined a true hole in one. Uh, because I had asked Orson, had he made, had he, had he ever make one, you know? And he said he made one on a, 
remind me where it was, Rod. Do you remember? Uh, I can't remember was, if you said um, it. Wasn't pitch and putt, was it? No, it was like it was an, a short court. It was a short course. No, I think okay. it, no, no, no. Because that's it was what we were pitch trying to and decide. Putt. It was on a pitch and putt because we were trying to decide the difference between right. The so pitch he and had putt, yeah, a short yes. course. And, right. Yeah. So he had said he made one on the short course, and I said I don't count that. To me, that does not count as a hole in one. And we went back and forth. Well, what about a short course? Let's say the cradle at Pinehurst. I do know um, Watchon Valley is is putting the merry-go-round together as well. So, like, on a short course, do you say that counts as a hole-in-one? And, again, I argue the fact that I don't think I would count it, but I would say I had one there. So, to me, and I think what I ended up thinking was a valid argument was, and and back, correct me if I'm wrong if you were agreeing on this, was if it had a course rating, and the course was rated by the USGA in some capacity, then that defined a official hole-in-one. So I think I kind of fell where um, I would count it on a short course. I think for me, a USGA-rated course was an automatic which includes two short courses, the one at Hamilton Farms and the one at Augusta, where I think it gets, where it starts to get a little dicey, but I still fall on the same line as other short courses, like the merry-go-round, like the cradle down in Pinehurst, and, and shorter courses like that. Pitch and putt to me is, is and, and I, I have a tough time saying that a distance is the reason why. But pitch and putt to me is like is like shorter, more like hitting off the mat, much much more. It's tough to like. I, I, I have a tough time figuring out the difference between a pitch and putt and a short course, but I can see the difference between the two. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, it's I like, think it's like I mean Congress I'll defining g- porn in the '70s. You know, you you don't. <laughs> there's no way to dis- to define it, but you know it when you see it. Right, and I think that's the issue for me is when you start talking about short courses like like the cradle. You're gonna use that as the example. Well, they use mats there to tee off. Okay, use mats, so that mm-hmm. can't be the reason why it does or doesn't count. To me, like any traditionalist, the yardage is irrelevant. If you go play a USGA-rated golf course, and I don't care if the par three is 75 yards or if it's two and a quarter, like it's a rated golf course. And I know, I again, I may be in the minority there, and maybe it's selfish thinking because I've been fortunate to make three of them in the in my in my life but again are we, then i would start arguing the fact of are we going to count miniature golf when you make a hole in one there are we counting that next because no. they got the little the little wheel that goes in a circle like to me i think we start going a little crazy with the hole in ones and and again i i know people may say mike you're you're unfair because you've made them fine i get it but i think the average person would say you got to make it on a USGA-rated golf course. That's what counts. Now, you want to say you made one at the cradle because you made one? Okay, I get it. That's history. It's Pinehurst. Different story. You want to say... So, you- 
But I, I, it's got to be a rated golf course for me. So then are you saying that place like, like are you then taking it um, like situation by situation? So like getting one at the cradle, are you counting that or are you not counting that? So if you were to ask like depending me, on the short course, like, you know what I mean? Like depending on the short course. So like, here's okay, how I would, I would, Augusta rated and, and counts. And then because you're posting that score, work. you're posting that score at Hamilton farms on the short course. Well, in theory you can because it's rated. So I know that <clears> if I go out there and shoot 65 in that short course, I can post it. It's going to give me a differential based upon the tee box I played. But if I had made a hole in one at the cradle, I would say I made three hole-in-ones, and I actually got one at the cradle. I wouldn't count that as four, in a sense, how I would word it. Some people may. Some people may. But I can't go put my nine-hole score in at the cradle on my USGA app. Like, I can't. So, to me, there's, like, uh, the unofficial and the official. Okay. But it's a great question for the audience. I mean, I would love to hear no, your feedback on that. I just was going to say, we're definitely going to throw it out to you. Uh, and we want to hear, does, does a short course, uh, honestly, for me, I think we need to have the difference between a pitch and putt and a short course. Maybe that major matters. difference, major Maybe difference, but I, I think that, I think that that needs to be defined. So I think the first question we got to throw out there is, is there, is there a difference between a short course and a pitch and putt? And then, yes, the answer is like, yes. You, okay. And, and I, I agree. Okay. I mean, what I'll is be honest, that difference? I, but I'll tell you the difference because like, if you go play a uh, pitch and putt, most of the holes range from like 20 yards to maybe a max of 50. It's pitch and putt. Mm-hmm. You're not able to take a full swing. On short courses, they have holes that stretch out to 125 yards. They also have right. holes that are like 60 yards. So it's like, it's like. So for me, that counts then. Like for in my eyes, and again, I wouldn't say that like fifty yards is the is the number because I don't because we've played you know we both know of a course that has a ninety yard hole so that doesn't that's not it but I, I think that that's more real and for me that that counts short for me short courses are going to count pitch and putts no short courses yes miniature golf counting for you too no no because pitch okay. and putt doesn't count. Okay, listen, I didn't know if you kept a record of how many miniature golf hole-in-ones you have, so I figured I'd ask that question. I actually keep pencils of all the holes-in-ones for the mini golf courses that I play. Well, <laughs> speaking of the pencil thing, that is Orson's way of remembering the courses that he's played in terms of a memorabilia type thing, is he keeps the pencils pending they have the engraved name of the golf course on them, which I thought was kind of unique and different. So, you know, listen, credit to him going back on that story. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, I... I was DMing him with him on Twitter. It just so happened that when he was telling me the courses he had left, Ocean Acres was one of them. I said, we, we're, we're playing with you. You know, We'd love to jump in. Um, and again, for the people that followed along on Instagram Live, when you went live with that, that was, that was another fun thing. The feedback I heard from that was, was really cool. It was fun to see like something live going on. Um, so the feedback I got from that was really cool too. So listen, I just think it was an overall great day. He's a great person. His buddy's a good dude as well. Um, and, and he's a sneaky good golfer too. Um, you know, he, he could hit For the sure. ball out there. Um, and, and overall, I was, I was thoroughly impressed with him and his story. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I did like, you know, because I know um, 
we had out there that, that Mike has three hole-in-ones and doesn't know where the golf ball is to any of them. Uh, so he's not a big memorabilia guy. I have a, in my house, I got um, a collection of golf balls, but I'm not an every course that I play kind of person. You know, I, I've, I've played a couple courses a whole bunch of times, even growing up. It's not, it's not like that course is, it's meaningful. I don't mean like it's not, but like it's not. If I did every golf course I have, it, I, I would be on my second or third, um, you know, uh, shadow box by now. So he's yeah. the same uh, way. He's like, as long as it's got the engraving, I think that that's a super cool way, knowing that you're going to get upwards to, you know, near 200 golf courses. Like, that's a lot of golf balls. If, if you were to do, I think the biggest thing for golf balls is like 50. So you're talking about four of those big shadow boxes that are, you know, that's that's basically a whole wall in a room. So yeah, and then the you start talking about, like, a really good thing. yeah, and someone like him too has two kids as well. You know, that that's a lot. Now you're talking space. You know, just for mm-hmm. golf balls and, and, you know, speaking as to someone who has, like, little kids and stuff, it's space is, is hard to come by as it is. So if I'm taking it up with using golf balls or memorabilia like that, like, you know, that that's a tough that's a tough sell sometimes. But, I mean, listen, I'm not a memorabilia guy. So, listen, those three hole-in-one golf balls, I, I don't know where they are. I don't know where the scorecards are. Um, frankly, I'm not really even entirely sure what I shot on each place. I'm not. I know I, I made one this summer, and I think I shot 76. But, again, I'd have to go back and look. 75, I'd have to go back and look. I don't know. So, to me, it's not like the memorabilia means anything. The fact is that I was there with people. They witnessed it. We saw it. Um, and it happened. But I don't got anything hanging for it. I'll tell you that. And, you know, some people, you know, nobody's perfect, Mike. It's okay. Yeah, you're right. Nobody uh, is. But quite simply, they don't make them like Mike Poro anymore. <laughs> so I just pulled up the Gin app. It's right there. And I typed, right there. In, ha- I typed in Hamilton. Hamilton Farm. Type in. Hamilton Farm Golf Club Hickory. Mm-hmm. Hamilton Farm Golf Club Highlands. Okay. The Hickory course, the Hickory course is their full 18 holes. It is the okay. only... USGA rated par three course in the United States. That's Hickory. Hickory. So if you click okay, so that, I didn't. Know, so I didn't know that that's the one that was. Yeah. I, I didn't know if they had two 18s. No. Or... So they they do. They have two golf courses. One's an 18 hole facility, and then they have their golf course. The Highlands golf course is their golf course. Okay, that's their championship layout. The Hickory okay. course is the 18-hole course that we could put in our handicap. Now, I think the rating is something like 50-something, 50 54, 56, 58, something like that. Um, so, it's there. It is. 50, yeah. 56.4. There you go. Slash 100. Right. So, that is the only USGA-rated par-3 course in the United States. There's not one at Augusta? I don't think Augusta's is rated, and I think that's the difference. Okay. Now, if I made a hole in one on Augusta's par three course, you're damn right I'm fucking counting that. <laughs> but I don't think Mike Poro has ever stepped footing, stepping foot on those grounds to play golf, maybe to watch, but never to tee it up. Right, I, and and I'd be hard pressed to even be watching golf, let alone. 
playing golf. Well, I put my name in the lottery every year to see if I can get tickets to go, and every, I'm over. So, so I remember seeing something that they that to avoid people from out of state selling them on the like getting tickets and then selling them like in the aftermarket that. It's something like 98% of tickets are within a 100-mile radius of Augusta. Wow. I, I, I think that's the percentage. If I'm wrong on the percentage, it's in the 90s. Maybe they try I to do, do I do but know they, that. But they intentionally try to keep that. They, when they're doing that lottery, they intentionally take most of the people from, again, I believe it's also a 100-mile radius of Augusta. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I mean, to kind of wrap up that conversation, I think that's kind of like a good question for the audience. I'd love to hear the feedback and what everybody thinks about the hole-in-one thing. We'll put that up somewhere, the story or a post or something. We'll, we'll figure out a way to put that up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, no doubt about that. So, and the other thing I do want to mention is, is I know this is coming out this week and, and just kind of like forecasting and looking ahead. Um, you know, Ryan and I have been very, very fortunate with the feedback, like we said at the top, um, with different golf courses now of reaching out to us about inviting us to come play, review it, interview the pro. So I can't lie, this, these next two weeks for Ryan and I in terms of interviews are, are jam-packed. Um, and, and again, I, I, it's overwhelming the amount of, of support that the New Jersey golf community has, has shown us. Um, for just being something that started less than a month ago. So, you know, I just wanted to toss it out there that, you know, we're in talks with having another sponsor join, join the ship here. So I, this is one of the – it's a young project, and I know it's early, but sometimes it's, it's better off taking a risk and being early on something than looking back and saying, I wish I got in then. Yeah, that, that, is, that is always good to get in on the ground floor. As the season here is starting to wind down, uh, you know, the, the Northeast, New Jersey golf, you know, it, it, we teed off and it was 42 degrees on Sunday. Um, nice by the middle of the round, but, you know, still it's, it's getting to that point where, where winter is coming for you Game of Thrones fans. And um, I, I think it's just, I think a nice way to kind of, something I'd like to do is let's recap our summer. You know, where... Where is a favorite course that you played this summer? And I think we could open it up to both a public and a private, or let's talk private, let's talk public. Uh, what's, what's a favorite course that you were on this summer? All right, I'll give you, I mean, listen, I'll give you a one and one. I'll give you a public slash semi-private, and I'll give you a private, strictly a private course. And, and I throw this asterisk out there for me personally because – I think my favorite golf course that I can never get sick of is Manasquan River. And I think the world of that place, I, I think when you're talking about this, you know, the, the, the six holes on the, on the river, they're just unbelievable. So I, I, I say that's my favorite course of all time of what I've played in the area. So like I, I say that as an asterisk ahead of time. But if you're asking me for the 2022 golf season, in terms of what my favorite favorite private golf course was for the first time i i got to experience the ridge at backbrook um and, and i can't tell you how many people 
yourself included said, man, that's a, that's a favorite of mine, an all-time favorite. Like, you're going to love it. Who cares really what you shoot in the, in the state open? You're just going to have a blast out there. And For sure. after I played the practice round and I got two rounds out there in the state open, I was like, man, this place is, is beautiful. I mean, the eighth hole itself, the rock hole, and then if you're on 17 and then you look down at the down towards eight, the rock hole, it's like it, it is something aesthetically that you're just you're in awe of in how they're able to use the natural parts of the golf course into the golf course. Because like if you were to hit it in parts of that rock area, it's not you know, lift clean in place. It's not free relief. It's you play it out of there. So on 18, for example, you hit your second, third shot over the green and you're in the rocks. Like you're playing it out of that natural environment. So I thought mm -hmm. that was a really, really cool thing. Um, and never being out there, but hearing great things about it. I, I don't know how I could say there was a better private place that I played this summer that was better than that. I, I truly don't. So to me, like, I would say the Ridge at Backbrook was my favorite private track I got on this this summer. So I, I, I didn't get to play the Ridge this summer, but I have played. And, and <laughs> you're talking about the eighth hole, which is, which is awesome. I don't want to take away from it. But my favorite hole, I think, and I don't know what number hole it is, because I feel like I started on 10. Uh, and so my numbering's a little off with it, but there's that par five that has like the rock spine down it, where yeah. if you stay to the left of it, I think it's just before the rock. I think it's like six. Yeah, it's number seven. It's say. seven. It's, this, it's seven, seven, the par five. Uh, that is to, to me. And again, we don't get a lot of mountain type golf, uh, you know, down by us, but then also like. When you go, like I know you said your parents are in Jupiter. No mountain golf there. Um, go into Myrtle Beach. No mountain golf there. Um, I've got family out in Chicago. No mountain golf there. So <clears throat> going to that part of the state and seeing that is something, not just is it a top five golf course for me, but also the uniqueness of seeing that, that, nature that they have around there is is amazing and it's and it's really really cool so so that is an unbelievable one but i didn't play it this year so uh i was fortunate enough um this year to play hollywood no member who, who brought me on was um very nice of them to to bring me do the lunch the whole thing i mean that that course is incredible it is it is beautiful. Um, and the front nine is gorgeous. I mean, it, it's not like I don't want to take anything away from the front nine. But, man, the character comes on in the back. Uh, the back nine is, it, it's, like, if you're not mentally ready for that back nine, you're going to be in real trouble. Uh, because that back nine is bunkers everywhere. Elephants are living in those greens. I mean, What's your is, favorite hole in the back nine? Because uh, I know right off the bat, if you ask me, like I can tell you right now, my favorite hole in the back nine there. Well, you, I don't know when the last time you played it is, but they redid it just pretty recently. They took like a number, number twelve, 11. number twelve, twelve. Okay, twelve. When you're looking down, you see the bunkers out there in a the distance. You, 
you can see but that hole has like that hole has like 75 bunkers or something like that. it's something it's ridiculous beautiful beautiful from yeah. the tee box that's the yep. one hole to me on that back nine that truly stands out similar the way that number four on the front nine stands out there to me that par three surrounded by mm-hmm. bunkers a little uphill yeah. shot like those two holes in my eyes are the two signature holes of Hollywood. So uh, no doubt 12 is awesome. Uh, 13 is, is a great hole. 14 is, is beautiful. Um, for me, I think that it's 17. Um, they just redid it to kind of make it look like, uh, and this is the thing that the member was talking about, how they, they reshaped the green to the way it was originally. 1920 something whenever it was built or 1899 when it was built but the greens were rolling at like a five then so they have these big humps in it that now if you're on the wrong side and they're rolling at a 14 you can't get anywhere near pins so that's like an internal thing that i know that the that the members are are having a time with but they put this little berm that kind of separates 17 from 18 and there's a a tunnel that you walk through. I just think that's the coolest thing uh, th- uh, that there is. And do you want to? In- I'll give you an uh, interesting fact about that golf course. Ready for this right, one? You ready for this one? Yeah. So you know how in high school golf in the short conference, you guys have the Challenge Cup, correct? Yep. Okay. So mm-hmm. back in the day when I was in high school, it was the Ocean County team versus the Monmouth County team, and you've right. got the you know, good guys against the bad guys. And you guys have kind of swayed from that because of the dominance of Monmouth County. Completely understandable. But back in the day, 2001 was the only time that Ocean County ever beat Monmouth County in that tournament. It was the second year of the tournament. And I made a three-foot putt on the ninth hole in my match play match, singles match play match, for Ocean County to secure the cup at Hollywood. Really? Yep. Do you do you know how long they had it at Hollywood before? Because I believe it's held at Matitaconk now, if I'm not mistaken. It is. So when we first started, they alternated spots. It was going Monmouth County, Ocean County, Monmouth County, Ocean County. Oh. Okay. Until until Matitaconk has been beyond kind enough to to donate time, tea times, dinners. You know they've you've, they've done a very good job with that, but I thought that was and, an interesting and if I'm not fact mis- about Hollywood. If I'm not mistaken, Matitaconk is down in Jackson, so that's that's kind of like uh, Ocean County. That's Ocean County, but like a good middle point for all of those all those very good. kids who are participating in it. Yep. So I thought that was a um, interesting tidbit about Hollywood. You know, so I mean, listen, Hollywood I think is a great a great one, and now if you ask me about like. Public places. So I, would no, I was say, just gonna. Yep. I would say the one spot for me that kind of sticks out is the first time I ever played there this year was was Vineyard National at Renault Winery. I thought that really? place. I thought that place down there was. It had a fun little aura about it. I think not only is the golf course different, not only I thought the golf course was in great shape great shape really was i just thought like if you were going there to hang out and you wanted to play some golf 
and you wanted to go have you know something to eat they got all these food trucks out there they got the wine out there like so if you're looking for like the ambiance after a, a nice round of golf right there like you you got it you got mm-hmm. it so to me I you know when I think about like a unique spot something different that I've never really played I I kind of thought that was like a was a cool little spot I I, I mean the course was challenging. Um, it was well, well maintained, and and like a lot of things that you and I have spoken about, like the greens were phenomenal. Um, they 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 really were, and for me, that's a huge selling point. I would say that was probably my favorite one this year. It was. Okay. Uh, before I go to mine, I, I got I played that course. It's got to be going on like 10 years ago now. And okay. I played it on the hottest. I actually think they moved the golf course from Renault Winery to the sun on the day that I played it. <laughs> because it was the hottest day of the year. That I mean, it was it, the four buddies that I, or the three buddies that I went with, we went down and it was just brutally hot. And uh, the bugs were all over. Um, and I don't, that's really the only thing I remember from that day. I don't really remember a lot. Um, I don't remember how the course was manicured or anything, nothing, nothing good, but also nothing bad. Like nothing stood out. The only thing I remember from that round is there's that one bunker that's in the middle of the fairway. Couldn't tell you what hole it is or anything like that, but it is a cavernous bunker. And I remember being it, like, like a whole, it's, it's a good, you're, you're down a good 10 feet in this enormous bunker. And I remember my buddy being in there, who's not a good golfer, trying to get out of this place or out of the, out of this bunker and not being able to. And I just, I have this envision of being up on top of the bunker, watching him just hack away in the sand, trying to get out and not being able to get it high enough to get out even with like his pitching wedge. It was just, it was like that scene in the office when Jim's playing golf with the, with the guy from, <laughs> and he's just like, is hacking away. That's, that's the vision I have of him just, of him just whacking away at it. So. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know what it was. I think it was just, it was different. It was nice. The ambiance is nice there. Like, and like I think you said, I, the wine, the food trucks, those are all good. Yeah. It was kind of, it was just kind of, it was kind of cool. It was different. Um, yeah. You know, so I guess that would be my choice of all the ones I've I've played this summer, and I can't lie, a lot of them are have been repeated ones. So it's nothing that like has stood out. That was like wow. So I I have so to your point, I have no real. I actually pulled up the Gin app and looked at all the courses because I just I didn't want to leave something out to like remember that I played it. Um. There's two courses that I played this summer that are uh, that I'll bring up here. Uh, are we talking? We're talking in New Jersey, strictly New anywhere? Jersey. No, New okay, Jersey. Okay, so so I do want to I do want to at least point this out. I I uh, I get the Met Golfer. We get that magazine, and I was looking through it, and I noticed they have no almost no public courses are ever put in that magazine. So I actually counted, and there were 79 golf courses in the four issues I had, 
and they had three public golf courses. One of them was Bethpage Black. So that's... Gets tossed right, out. That's pr- right, exactly. So there were two fully public golf courses in the Met area in their magazines. So the two that were there were, was on, were in New York. One was on Long Island. It was called Lido. I have it on my bucket list of wanting to play. The other is called Pound Ridge, which is just outside of Samford, Connecticut. So kind of, you know, north in, in, there, in New York. But that was, if, again, we're trying to talk about golf in New Jersey. You got a chance to go up and play Pound Ridge. It's worth it. It was extremely difficult. Um, there's no flat areas like the fairways are undulating. Um, it's tight, but man, is it a good course. And again, talk about like the terrain. You have a lot of holes that are like kind of carved through. You got some mountain kind of areas through that's well worth the trip, but we're going to try staying in New Jersey. I'm, I'm like you, I don't have a great one for you. Um, but I've been wanting to play this course for a while. And finally was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go play it. Uh, the course at Rutgers. Oh, yeah. I never, um, played, I never played there. No, it's, right? And it's just, <coughs> So Rutgers, from what I understand, has one of the best golf course management programs in the country. And the like senior, like your senior seminar class or like your, your capstone class is that each of the seniors take a few of the holes – and it's their job to maintain a few of the holes. So, oh, like, wow. that's really yeah, cool. Yeah. So, like, if there's six, if if they have six seniors, then the seat, then they're each taking care of three holes, uh, and telling the guys what they need to do. And it's their job to be like the superintendent of those three holes. Oh, that's so awesome. I, I've liked. Yeah, I, I thought that was super cool. So um, I've been wanting to do it for a while. It is literally right next to the bubble where the football team plays. Like the football stadium yeah, is yeah. right there. So it's it's. I mean, I, I'm like you could practically tailgate on the golf course and then just walk across. The, not even the street. It's it's literally right next door. Um, it was nothing to write home about. You know, it's a fairly short, uh, fairly short course. I feel like it was 6,300 yards. Actually, I can pull it up right now. 60, 31, and yeah, 6,100 yards, just about. So it's not real long. Um, I wouldn't say it's like overly challenging or anything like that. It was just same thing with Renault. It was like a super cool experience to go. And, and honestly, to see like first three holes, like kept really nice well manicured um like the like the the entrances to the bunkers where they're where they're bringing the machines in were like wiped away and then you go to another hole and you'd be like okay this guy like this senior is not having such a great year as as that guy you could literally tell that like i thought that was really cool um it had some really it, it, it was if you're golfing in new jersey Get up to Rutgers because it's well worth the trip. It's a great experience. It's a nice That's little. Cool. It's a. It's again. It's not gonna. It's not a world beater. It's not terribly long. It's not overly difficult. It's got some cool quirks to it. Not even quirks, but like it's got some cool features to it. And it's. It's. Yeah, it was well worth it. I was. I was so happy. I. I went. Yeah, I'll tell cool. you what. Since you've never played it, I'll go with you again. <laughs> 
But it, but again, just like yours, it wasn't like a super cool, uh, like overly like super exciting. Like I didn't play Balio in this summer or anything like that. But yeah, that was that was uh, a nice day of golf. It really was. Yeah, it's cool. All right, guys. Uh, so before we end this, uh, we are going to send you to a little bit of our round on Sunday. Um, some clips, some highlights, some things that we were able to record uh, that at the beginning we said you know, we were able to. We're going to give you a little bit of a listen there, uh, give you a couple minutes from that. Uh, but before we do, we're going to get you uh, a word from our sponsor. The Law Office of Mallon and Tranger. Tom Mallon and Randy Tranger are board-certified trial attorneys who share more than 40 years of legal experience. They specialize in personal injury matters, workers' compensation cases, and criminal and municipal defense. As certified trial attorneys, they have recovered millions of dollars on behalf of people injured in accidents and employees injured at work. They have offices conveniently located in Freehold and Point Pleasant. For skilled and personalized legal representation, Call Mallon and Tranger at 732-780-0230 or check out their website at tmallonlaw.com. Not only are they good people, they're good golfers too. Two putt? I'm trying to make a fucking birdie here. I got we need 50 two feet. Putt. No, it's not. It's like 25, 30. You're going to drop that like it's hot. <laughs> I'd have bet you a thousand bucks I wasn't hitting that first putt. <laughs> Holy moly! Anytime I play, my total like feet and putts is like twelve. Is Back that fifty thousand geese right there? Yep. Holy oh, yeah. shit! Look at all those geese. Yep. Wait, really? You're not? I saw you go left hand low. Nah. What? You're strug You're struggling with your eyes today, bud. I could have swore I. I saw you going left hand low. Alright, so I'm clicking the button in three, two, one. <laughs> well, don't get my ass. We're here. Uh, we just finished the front nine at um, Ocean Acres. Right, I shot a 42. Mike shot 38. Uh, we're on the 10th hole here. Nice. 153. 153. This is that island, island green. And here we go. Hopefully, you don't hit it in the water. Keep drawing. Whoa. That went long. Where'd it go? It went long. No. Yeah, the front part of the green. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, I do see it. All right, we're going to get Ryan's eyes checked. Guys, um, contacts, LASIK it might just, be in the It future. just dropped. What club do you have? Five iron? <laughs> That's cute. Five iron? I got an eight iron. Hybrid, hybrid. Oh God! <laughs> I'm gonna try cutting a little. 153. He's got a hybrid, folks. 19 degree. Wow, that was actually so solid. Great yeah. bounce. Wow. Thank you. Let's go. Wow. Not too shabby there, buddy boy. All righty. Not too shabby. Let's see what we can do. Wow, those are four shots. I think like in the green vicinity. Mike, I think you're the only one not to hit the green. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's our drop area. 
for the drop pod. And we got a couple dancers. I got four. Mike's claiming that he's on the dance I am not on the green. Putting, nope. That's not true. It's not a man we'll dream. Not on the green. On the green. On the green. On the green. You need me to mark? No. If I hit your ball, I can't make it. Okay. So I want to make it. That's good. I'd that encourage you to make and it. And I got to hit it because it's going to be slow. Let him in. Oh, you got to be kidding. Nice roll. <sighs> All right. I actually took out the driver for that one. Still couldn't. That's me. Yeah, this is you. Still couldn't get it there. But I'll take the par. For sure. <laughs> All right. Par threes, you've been playing pretty well today. You know that? I fixed your divot already. You did? Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Very kind of you. Yep. Very kind. He's even par on the par threes today, folks. Make everybody put it out, so he is not done yet. Oh, he sneaks it in the right side. Not a bad hole here. Par three. A park in the distance. A little bridge that gets you across here. Got the clubhouse oh. back there. Not too shabby. <laughs> I agree. Thank you.